League One Fun. We're presented by the Beautiful Game Network and brought to you by Roughneck Scars and Icarus FC. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. I'm Ira Jersey here with an interview special talking to a a native Texan, Connor Presley, midfielder for the New England Revolutions 2, the new expansion side playing up in New England in USL League One. Uh, Connor, thanks very much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. So first, let's talk about your, uh, you know, your background and, and how you, uh, your career path and, and how you wound up uh, ultimately in New England. So you're a Texas native, as I mentioned. Uh, you spent your youth career with the FC Dallas Academy, but in 2016, you ended up in England. Um, how did that happen? And, you know, what was the impetus for you going over there? Um, so I always had wanted to go and train overseas and get some experience over there and um, I'd actually gone and done some training in Portugal um, and I met met someone there who uh, kind of brought me over to England and I got the opportunity to train there for a while and I uh, played a few games um, and, and it was a good experience you know um, I felt like I was able to bring some new things to my game when I came back to the States. So describe to us what it was like being there because you played for a non-league team, right? Is is it pronounced the No Still Miners Welfare, which is up in Croyfden near near Leeds, so the north of England? How did it compare to say the the FC Dallas Academy or you know maybe some of the teams that you've played with since you've come back to the states? Um, it, it was pretty different. It was um, it was it happened to be someone I know, and that was the, like I think it was the only level I could play at over there um is that because of passport issues or what was the? yeah whatever whatever it was with that so i just um got the opportunity to play there and get some experience while training with some other teams um it was it was a good experience to obviously it was um it wasn't it was all adults so it was different (laughs) because i only played uh youth soccer up until then but um it was a good experience just to play some games over there while i was training with other teams Nice. And uh, so eventually, though, you, in 2017, you came back and played with San Antonio uh, back in Texas. Um, you, you know, you, did you sign a professional contract with San Antonio or are you still on an academy deal? What was the um, um, your arc there? I believe the first year, the first year I signed midseason. Um, so it was, more, it was more of an academy deal the first year. And then the second year I signed um, a professional deal. Um, and so it was, um, it was a good experience there. You know, it was awesome to start my pro career so close to home. Uh, I grew up in Austin, so it was an hour and a half down the road and my family was able to come see me play and they were at every game. So it was, it was an awesome experience. Great. And so you wound up, it's funny, you're, you're at your second expansion team, actually, um, because last yeah. year you wound up with Loudoun United in uh, the D.C. Um, in the D.C. pyramid down uh, down in northern Virginia. Um, what was it like working with a an expansion team and compa- compare and contrast that a little bit to what's been going on with New England Revolution 2 compared to um, uh, Loudoun as another expansion team? Um, I, I thought it was a it was a good experience, you know, seeing building a team from the ground up um, was very it was very cool, um, especially especially with Loudon. I think we were they were a little delayed on the stadium, so we had 
we had to get, we were a little, we got, we were playing an Audi a little bit. We were playing on the road a lot. And so it was cool to see the team kind of come together when we started getting results. And um, then we got our, the own, our own stadium. It was uh, awesome to play there. Um, and I think um, the same here, it's, it's starting off brand new. Everybody's getting to know each other and learn how each other plays. And I think um, just every day on the field, we're, we're getting better and getting to know each other better. So it seems to me that you've, I don't want to say you've bounced around, but you've now been in the, the last four years or so, you're, you're on like your fifth team. How, how is it integrating with uh, new teammates all the time? Is, you know, what challenges and what opportunities do you have and have you taken away from, uh, from, from playing with so many players over the last few years? Um, I, I, just, I think it's a cool opportunity to just meet new people and new players. Um, you know, I actually, I, I speak Spanish, and so I, it's kind of nice. It helps me integrate with some more people um, and get to know people even better. Um, but I just think it's even even just getting to know know all these new people has helped me learn my Spanish better and things like that, and just n- know a lot of people in the game, which is awesome. So let, let's talk a, a little bit about preseason. So you, you know you've been together now for a couple of weeks. It's um, you know the season's still three weeks away, so it's still yeah. uh, you know middle of preseason, I, I would say. Um, yeah. What, uh, what, how have you seen the team kind of gel and grow? And, and what's, what have you been told is the expectation from, from you as well as some of the other, uh, some of your teammates so far? I think the, the expectation now is to bring the energy and the focus every day. You know, just the focus that we're working together and everybody's coming in to get better every day and to just start gelling as a team. Um, it, it's just, uh, I think preseason is important just for getting to know everybody, but also just building that awareness of where someone's going to be or how they play. And just, um, and I think it's, it's going well. Um, we played a few games, which have been good for getting to know each other and also just learning how, um, how we're going to play. So what's your experience been like so far with the first team as well? Because presumably, like most of the other two teams, you know, the goal for you and for most of your teammates is to push yourselves enough to be able to, you know, get a, get a look at the first team. So clearly having some visibility into the first team is, is going to be important. Um, so, so what have you – have you had any significant interactions, like with, with the senior team coaching staff or, um, or, or even had, you know, friendlies and, and, you know, opportunities to train with the first team? What, what's been that like, if, if anything? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the first team's right there. We're all in the we're all in the same building, so we get to we interact with some of the players every day and some of the coaches. So, and whenever if they need somebody to come train, they're looking at us first to to pull somebody up and give somebody the opportunity to train with them. So it's it's a really great opportunity. Yeah, have they given you a hint about you know some some guys who might be on the bubble of the first team who may be coming down? So you know you, you maybe have to. They said, okay, look, these three or four players are, are going to be, you know, uh, regular loanees down to New England Revolutions too. So make sure that you, you know, know them and know who they are because that, that is clearly one of the challenges with a lot of two teams is people rotating in and out of of the first team and and the second team. Um, not not really yet. I'm sure there will be some as with any two team, but 
they, they uh, just not really yet. So, so question, has Coach Clint asked you about any advice about maybe things that didn't go well at Loudoun, the things to avoid when, you know, starting a two-team? Um, I mean, you seem unique. I only ask that because you seem uniquely qualified to know what some of the potential pitfalls would be. <laughs> you know, you, you could be an interesting resource for him to, um, you know, get an idea about what went well and what didn't go well at Loudoun during their, their first season. Yeah, I definitely had the opportunity to talk to him a little about about my experience at Loudoun. Um, not necessarily advice, but just talking about um, how the experience was and um, just growing the team and what it was like. Fair enough. So what trip are you most looking forward to this season? So, you know, last year when you played in the championship, you obviously had one set of teams, mostly East Coast. You know, this year you're going to be going to a lot of places, including to Tucson, Arizona. Um, what what trip are you in particular looking for, forward to? Um, probably a couple. Um, I, I, I'm excited to go to Dallas um, just because it's close to home and uh, I lived in Dallas for a long time when I played with SC Dallas. Um, maybe see some guys that I, I knew from up there and see my family. That'll be nice. And I'm uh, I'm interested to check out um, uh, Madison when we go to Ford Madison. Yeah, that'll be the uh, th- that'll be the loudest crowd probably unless uh, unless yeah. Omaha brings it. Who who they they could they wound up getting fifteen hundred people for a preseason friendly, so against the yeah. college teams, <laughs> so they they could yeah. wind up having a raucous crowd too. Um, yeah. So, so, so talk, how do you determine things like roommates and travel partners? Is that something, you know, that you've already been talking about or is it, you know, you're kind of, you know, matched up with someone who, who you like, or, you know, how, how does, how does that process work within the team? You know, are, are you just thrown together or, you know, you get to pick, is it, is it, you know, Hey, this is a young kid that, you know, maybe need some help. So, you know, you guys can, can help them. I mean, how does, how does all of that work in, in preseason? Um, I think over the years, it's just kind of thrown in. I think as you, um, get to know everybody a little better, you might be able to kind of request somebody and try to, um, be roommates as the season goes on. But, um, normally in preseason, it's just kind of like, all right, you guys are roommates. Um, and you kind of just build a relationship um, and get to know each other better off that. So, and any funny roommate stories from any time in your career, whether it's San Antonio, Loudoun, or New England so far in your couple of trips? Funny roommate stories. Well, Nothing I crazy. I, um, I mean, I always, um, seeing that I speak Spanish, uh, I get to translate for a lot of guys on trips. Oh. So that's fun. <laughs> interesting so uh maybe that's your your next career right being a being a translator possibly yeah so so talk to us about your game like what do you think we can expect from you personally as we watch you uh during the uh during the league one season this year you know what types of things should we expect from from your particular play um just a lot of a lot of energy bringing a lot to the attack and um goals and assists and and just also, just uh, hard work, you know, just bringing the, trying to lead the team with hard work and um, also um, 
getting goals and assists just to push the team forward. So, so do you see yourself as a ten, or what's your what's your typical position? You're listed as a midfielder on the chart, but what's you know what where you know midfield is out, obviously there's a lot of different positions in the midfield generally speaking. So, what would you consider your your role within the club? Uh, obviously, goals and assists you mentioned. So, I'm thinking in a, either yeah. a winger or attacking. Yeah, I, t- I tend to play as more of a winger. Um, that's what I've played for a lot of my career. So that's, pro- that's where I look to be um, going forward. Great. Well, Connor Presley, thanks very much again for coming on League One Fun. All right. Thanks for having me. And with that, we'll be back in a moment with the head coach of New England Revolution 2. Stay with us. Welcome back to League One Fun. I'm here with New England Revolution 2 head coach, Clint P.A. Uh, coach Clint, thanks very much for coming on League One Fun. Thanks for having me, Ar. So you've coached now at a variety of levels. Um, you know, Georgetown University, Richmond University, you're on the national team staff for, uh, for some of the youth national teams. So you obviously have a lot of um, experience with youth development and player identification. What have you noticed is, are some of the biggest differences between all three of those levels of play so far in your you, you, you've been a coach now at the professional level for what three years four years remind me professional level yes uh two two years two years okay so so now you've had a little bit of experience at all of those levels so um right. you know what, what what are the big differences that you've noticed so far um you know the 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 commitment by the players uh, changes from from collegiate to national team to to being a pro. Uh, collegiate players, um, depending on the school you're at, uh, depending on the player that you're recruiting, you know the, their focus and level of commitment can be a little less than than a kid who's a national team player or a player who's seeking to be a professional. So, you know what made was it an easy decision when you were either asked or did you ask to become the head coach of New England Revolution 2 when it was announced that there would be this uh, new team in, uh, um, in, in kind of the development pathway for the revolution? Or, um, you, you know, was it something that you, um, you know, had to really think about? It was a fairly easy decision. Obviously, there's other factors than just you and coaching that you've got to consider for any of these. I've got a family and, and you know it's a move um, but uh, from a professional standpoint fairly easy decision I think uh, it's a space where I wanted to be in to continue to grow as a coach and to get the experiences as a head coach uh, at this level and I think it's um, a good starting point for myself and you know the organization obviously with the people involved uh, made it very appealing as well. So have you, obviously part of the mission of any two team is, is player development, but um, is, is there a distinct mission that you've defined and, and the, the club's defined for the Revolution too? Yeah, look, we, we would like to not only promote from within, uh, from, an, from our academy to the second team to the first team, um, but obviously any players, young players that we sign as USL players, the whole uh, intent and, and purpose of this is to try to get players who we can uh, progress along that can make it uh, 
to to the first team. And so that's our focus every day. Um, obviously, being a new organization, um, it will take some time to kind of work through some of the uh, challenges, but but certainly that's that's what gets us up every day. So on that score, you've signed a couple of relatively young international players to USL contracts. So you know, two are twenty-one, one's twenty-three, and and you also have a number of other um, obviously players who have some experience around uh, the lower leagues as well. What is your goal for them? I mean, obviously, to the first team, like you just mentioned, but but what is your goal for how you're going to develop them? Um, you know, is it, well, it just, you know, basically stylistically, how are you going to integrate all of these pieces into a coherent unit while also developing them as players? Yeah, so, so you've got the team and how you want the team to try to play, and then you've got the individuals and their strengths, their weaknesses. And so it's a balance between trying to put together uh, a group that can go out and perform on the field in a coherent way where, where there's a understanding amongst the team that you have to develop. And, but that also helps develop the individual because uh, you can't have one without the other. And, but there's also obviously certain individual characteristics about each player that, um, they do well and then things that maybe they can improve upon. And so it's identifying those things and whether it be within a training session or maybe a separate uh, individual session or a small group session, trying to work on some of those areas that you think they can improve upon. And also, you know, we always talk about the weaknesses, but if they're doing something fairly well, how can you continue to help them do that thing well, but at a higher level? So is there a plan right now as to how players who might need some minutes who are kind of on the bubble of the first team, uh, you know, if they come down, how do you intend on integrating them into the team? Because for some clubs, that's been a significant problem. So when I think about other teams in League One last year, like FC Tucson and certainly Orlando City B, they always had a problem when first team players came down, basically integrating them into the team. They got minutes, but I don't know if they were necessarily the minutes that they were looking for. So, so you know, is there a plan uh, within the whole structure for that kind of integration? Yeah, you know, first and foremost, it's it's communication and having a clear idea of how we want to do things. And I, and I think we're developing that here and having the ability to communicate that with the players as they come down. And I, and I think early on, um, obviously, you'll run into probably some challenges with that. But the more and more these players come down, the more they understand what you're trying to do as a, as a team um, and they, they integrate a little bit better. So I think it's a matter of time, um, but it's also, you know, there's video that we can show these guys um, of how we want to play or maybe their past performances when they come back down and, and give them a give them an idea of what we thought they did well and what we thought they could have done better as it relates to the team tactical plan. So, you know, we've now had MLS two teams for five, six years now uh, in the USL Championship and obviously now in, in League One. 
Are there any guideposts? Have you guys done research and looked at some of the practices, whether good or bad, at other two teams in order to kind of guide how that communication is going to happen, how the move up from the academy to Revs 2 to, um, to, to the first team and then maybe back down for in some cases to the two team, um, how you might be, be doing that? Or is it something that you're um, really gr trying to grow organically? Um, I, I would say we're, you know, being new, we're, we're growing that organically, but we also have a unique situation where our technical director, Kurt Anoffel, uh, has been in my shoes before at LA Galaxy, and, and they started the first two team in, in the with MLS team. So he's got very unique experiences that um, he can share with me, we can talk about and, and run through, and obviously it's different here, but um, a lot of the challenges that faced him uh, he's gone through already. So he has those experiences that he can share with us. And, and again, yeah, that communication with uh, Bruce and his staff is uh, very important. So, you know, weekly meetings, daily meetings, uh, conversations with those guys is going to be uh, important. So talk to us a little bit about um, the scouting, because like I mentioned, you signed three international players um, to USL contracts, obviously people you think are promising and maybe not this year, but but in the future might um, have the ability to play for the first team. How were those players identified and were you involved at all in that process of trying to, you know, build this roster for the inaugural year of uh, the Revs too? Yeah, so we, you know, we have a scouting network. Um, they're out identifying players all over the country, the, I guess the world really, but, uh, you know, so, so as a starting point, we're, we're getting players, whether it be for the first team or the second team brought to our attention all the time. And, and we've got people on the ground who are in particular in South America who can, can see these guys live and, you know, those guys will take trips. So, uh, as it relates to, you know, players abroad, you know, we have the ability to see them uh, via video or in the case of one or two guys, we've brought them in for trials and so we've had a chance to, to watch them, you know, live here in New England to, to get a sense of what they're like before signing. So when you bring in some of those players, what's the first thing and, and the biggest challenge of integrating them if they've not played in the U.S. and maybe English isn't their first language? What, what's the big challenge for you as a coach and, you know, doing that integration of, of those players into the rest of the group? Yeah, um, trying to make them feel as comfortable as possible as quickly as possible. And if they don't know English, how can we assist in them learning English, um, whether it be through classes or um, other means? And we've got, you know, luckily for us, some of the guys we have brought in, they already speak English. Or if they don't, we have people who speak their native tongue. Um, so in that regard, you know, the information isn't lost on them from day one. It's just a now getting them up to speed with hopefully learning the language, um, feeling comfortable. We've got a good situation here uh, where, where, you know, we've got housing for players. And so that piece, I think, helps get guys on board early and quickly and uh, they can settle into just focusing on the soccer. 
Finally, last question, or actually two, two more questions. But first, who should we look out for? Who might uh, potentially surprise us on the field? Like, like who are you really excited about um, see, th that we should look out for the first couple of matches? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's a number of players that have some, some potential. I think um, Mayel Malongo is a guy who's a local uh, kid, Cape Verdean kid, who um, – used to come out and train with the first team last year and, and impressed then. And I think he's got um, some natural talent. So he, he's a kid who, who I think has some ability. Obviously, I think you spoke with Connor Presley earlier. He's a little bit more seasoned as a, as a USL player. He, um, you know, was very instrumental in a lot of Loudon um, attacks last year. And I think he'll be a guy that we'll look to early to uh, help us um, obviously, Orlando Sinclair uh, up top for us is another player we feel that has uh, high potential, and you know we hope that he can you know find the back of the net on a regular basis for us. And then um, you know down the spine a little bit, I think Machial, uh, you know kid from Brazil, who we've picked up is is going to be very interesting as well. Um, and then and then we have uh, a homegrown kid, Dennis Ramirez. Um, who, who will be probably signing on with us shortly, but uh, he's um, he's in a young academy kid right now, and I think uh, he's done very well, um, and I believe he'll he'll be integral part of our midfield uh, as we move forward. Um, so so there's just a few to name, a few, but you know I'm I'm really at the end of the day I'm really excited about all the guys we have, and I think that. You know, they they know we we said the message is uh, the sky's the limit for each and every one of them. It's just about coming in each day and, and working hard and asking questions and, you know, being the student of the game. So last question, you're not the first D.C. United alum from back in the day when, you know, I went to the, the, the second MLS Cup final. So. Um, you know, have you had a conversation with Coach Harks, your former teammate, and, uh, you know, about League One and about coaching in it? Or, is, you know, are you uh, just looking forward to being his, uh, his adversarial rival in the other technical area? <laughs> uh, I have talked to John, not recently. It's been a while. But, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we chatted a little bit about the leagues, and, and I think, uh, you know, the strengths and the weaknesses of the players and, and, and what they're trying to get to. But I think, you know, he is a guy that's done fairly well everywhere he's gone, to be honest with you. I think he gets the most out of his players. Uh, obviously, his team did very well last year. So, you know, I, I, I know that playing Greenville will, will be a tough game, and I know that John will have his guys organized and ready to go. So I look forward to playing against them, you know, I don't necessarily see it as a rivalry between he and I. I certainly, you know, for me, and again, um, I'm worried about our players and our players developing the right way and uh, moving them along uh, so that they can kind of reach their potential. Great. Coach PA, thanks very much for coming on League One Fun. I appreciate it, Ira. Thank you. Welcome back to League One Fun. I'm here with another coach, this time from out in the mountain time zone. I'm here with the FC Tucson coach, 
John, please let me know, you know, introduce yourself and let us know, uh, um, you know, how things are going in preseason so far. Hey, Ira. Yeah, this is Coach John Gallus with FC Tucson. Um, things are great. Weather's great. Team's looking good. We're, uh, we're a couple weeks into preseason and we're uh, game day minus one today. We've got a exhibition match against uh, Grand Canyon University up in Phoenix uh, tomorrow night. So we're just putting some final touches on uh, the last training session of the week and we get to go compete tomorrow. So we have so much to talk to you about because, you know, being being the new coach of, of this team, only the second year of, of uh, having teams in this league. And, and of course, you have unique challenges maybe a little bit during the early part of your preseason, given that Major League Soccer and USL Championship teams are in your neighborhood, um, uh, you know, having their own preseasons around in and around your team. Um, but but maybe we can start with, you know, what uh, what was your pathway to becoming the head coach of FC Tucson? Well, I came down last year as an assistant coach for Coach Sawatsky when he got the job um, over a year ago. And so I was on his staff for a year. Um, as you probably well know, he was offered the uh, Richmond job uh, in the offseason, and he, and he took it. And, you know, I stuck around long enough, and good things happen sometimes. And, and I was uh, presented with the opportunity to take over as the head coach of FC Tucson on December 10th, and, uh, and I accepted Um you know, pretty pretty odd off season to be honest with you, because we didn't expect Darren to leave, and he's a good friend of mine, and we uh, we had planned on working together again um, this season, and uh, you know he got a great opportunity and left the door open for me, which was which was fantastic. Well, luck is the intersection of uh, preparation and opportunity, right? So, so congratulations, sure. congratulations on the promotion. Um, so, Thank you. So what unique challenges do you think that you have being a two-team? Because, you know, even though even though you're not a two-team of an MLS team like OCB or New England uh, Revolution 2, um, you know, you, you are a two-team. So what unique challenges do you know and have to expect now that you've been up and running for a year um, with having players coming down from Phoenix Rising and uh, as well as trying to develop those other players to potentially move up? What, what unique challenges do you – uh, foresee yourself having over the course of the year? Uh, to be honest, no challenges this year at all. Um, you know, we've got a great working relationship with, with Phoenix, uh, and to be honest, with a couple other USL championship clubs as well. Um, our goal is to put the best team in Tucson together, and should Phoenix uh, or any other USL championship club, for that matter, um, want to buy a player or snatch him up, we are open for business. Um, we have, a, again, like I said, we have a very good relationship with, on the technical side with, uh, with Phoenix Rising, and um, it's a lot more concrete this year in terms of what loans might look like. For example, if, if they wanted to send a player down, um, it has to be mutually beneficial in terms of, um, you know, the minutes that that player would, would, would play, but also would take from one of my current rostered players. So we have to have a, a mutual understanding of what that is. Um, and everything's in place for that now. Um, where I'd say last year it was a lot more sort of wild, wild west. Um, this year there's a lot more structure in place, um, which will benefit both groups, to be honest with you. So, so that, that's really interesting. So obviously, you know, year one, then it seems like you've learned some important lessons from then and trying to iron those out to put together a, a competitive and cohesive roster. That I think that that, that makes your, your future this year really interesting. 
talk to us a little bit about um, you know style of play and you know your interaction that you would anticipate to have with Phoenix Rising because there were times last year where you know your FC Tucson didn't look like they were playing in the same kind of style as Phoenix Rising was even though the formations might have been similar the style of play wasn't the same uh, do you intend on you know having a cohesive style of play or are you going to have your own unique uh, your unique system uh, our system will be based on a lot of the opposition we face. Um, we can be tactically flexible. We can be a bit more pragmatic at times because my job is to go out and win games and to keep my job. <laughs> so uh, I have that flexibility to uh, perhaps play in a, in a rigid 4-5-1, a rigid 4-4-2, a uh, 4-3-3 high counter-pressing team. Um, We'll, we'll decide that sort of game to game, week to week. Um, what I will say is that I think we'll hopefully take better care of the ball this year. Um, and that style and that sort of possession-oriented football will come out hopefully in this group. Um, that, that for me is sort of non-negotiable. Um, but in what system, you know, is, is sort of TBA based on the opposition. I mean, when we're – I'd be a fool to think that we can go in high press you know, North Texas for 90 minutes and, and, and play unbelievably attractive football for 90 minutes against a team that that uh, was extremely successful last year. Um, we will be flexible. We'll, we'll bend and hopefully not break, but we'll also, you know, get creative with our tactics and, and put our best 11 out to win games. So talk to us a little bit about building the roster this year. So you lost a couple of kind of uh, slightly more veteran pieces and guys like Devin Jamga and Kyle Ventner. What, um, you know, how has the integration been going of some of the new players on the roster? And, uh, you know, do you have any gaps that you think you still need to fill? Uh, I think it's too early to, to say about the gaps. I mean, we've played New Mexico and four days and five days into our preseason, then we turned around and played OKC the next day, which was, you know, no easy task. Um, I would say that, you know, we'll figure out roles and responsibilities of players, I think, in the next, you know, 10, 12 days or so and really start start to define, you know, so who we are um, and maybe what we're, we have strengths in and what areas and, and perhaps what we're weak in and, you know, might have to, to fill those gaps. But, um, you know, in terms of sort of player acquisition and, and building a roster, I mean, we, we retained a few players on option years from last year. Obviously, we lost a few, few uh, I'd say, key players from last year. Obviously, Kyle Venter, as you mentioned, Jet Devin Jamza, I believe, had five goals for us and played a ton of minutes. Um, but, you know, we've, we've added players and pieces that we think can immediately compete and contribute in this league. I mean, one of the advantages of being – um, in my second year is that I have a really good idea of what every team is, is going to look like and their style of play and their systems where um, we've been really diligent, you know, in our player acquisitions and found players that we feel that, that can come in and contribute immediately uh, between myself and, and John Perlman, who's our director of soccer ops. We've, we've spent countless hours, you know, tracking players and talking with agents and scouts and, and trying to put together a team that, uh, you know, that can have some success on the field. And I think player for player, um, you know, I think we're going to be pretty competitive this year. So talk to us about a couple of those new players who we sh you think we should look out for, maybe guys that are kind of, you know, maybe off the radar a little bit who, you know, have really impressed you so far in preseason. 
Well, I mean, for one, I think Ramon Howell, uh, who was with us for a significant amount of the, the season last year, but was training in Phoenix a lot and then getting games with us, I think he's going to have a breakout year in our league. Um, he's with us full-time now. Um, I think he's a special player, and I think he can, you know, he's a box-to-box type midfielder, and I think he's going to be one to watch. Uh, if Raheem Summersall um, is healthy and consistently healthy, he's another one that's going to be on people's radars, I think, at the championship level. I also think Carlos Marantio, our young goalkeeper, is just 21, who I believe had 12 games under his belt last year, uh, is, is also, you know, a young goalkeeper to watch, you know, moving forward. Some of the new guys, um, Roberto Alarcón is a Spanish right back. We signed from Mallorca B. Uh, was playing in the in the third division in Spain. Um, he's, I believe he was with Mallorca since he was a youth player when he was 10. He's come to a very good club. Um, good football brain. Uh, extremely athletic. Extremely, you know, high soccer IQ. Uh, he'll be one to watch. And you know, I think there's a couple others that are sort of uh, TBA. Uh, they're college players that that were some drafts. MLS draft picks that uh, are settling in with us now that didn't quite make MLS rosters, and, and we'll see how they transition um, from the college game to the pro game because it's a big jump uh, at any level, whether it's MLS, championship, or USL1. It's a huge jump, you know, having to navigate a, a nine-month season rather than a three-month season and then a break. Uh, it can be a real challenge. So we'll see how those some of the young guys, you know, transition, but I'm excited uh, for their opportunity. Sure. So I'd be really interested in hearing about some of the player acquisition. You mentioned about, you know, scouting and talking to agents and, and seeing tape. So like Mallorca coming from, um, the, you know, the third division of Spain, how, you know, how was he found? Was he someone who an agent said that he was willing to make a move or was he someone, you know, you guys, you know, saw on Instat or something like that, and which is one of the, uh, for those people who don't know, that's one of the, the online platforms for basically watching video on players um, and say, you know, hey, we're going to, um, uh, you know, this is someone we might uh, fit our, our system and style. Uh, I would say uh, a plug for our new scouting system. Uh, we saw some video on Scout. <laughs> okay, fair. No. That, that's the competitor um, to Instat. Yeah, Scout and Instat are the two big ones. Yeah, exactly. Um no, uh, Roberto was presented to me by an agent in Spain that I know quite well from my time um, coaching and, and with the ARL reserve team and um, several of my recruiting trips uh, when I was with League Two side, Lane United. Um, I would spend quite a bit of time in Spain recruiting and, and holding combines and, and working with uh, agencies over there. So I have a pretty good network in Spain. And when I was uh, announced as a head coach, uh, in December, the agent called me and asked if I'd be interested in the young Spanish right back from Mallorca, and we, we talked quite a bit. I watched some video on him, spoke with the player himself, uh, and he was keen on a on a change, um, and he was excited about an opportunity to play in the U.S. and, and come over and, and give it a go. So, you know, we went back and forth um, as a staff on if it was the right decision, you know, to use an international spot on the right back. Um, you know, we hadn't seen him play live, but we'd, we'd heard great things about him, watched a ton of video on him, and, you know, we made the decision that he he fit our profile as a young, you know, technical attacking right back. Um, it fit, and uh, the more I got to know him and speak with him, I knew he was, he was a good locker room guy, a good culture guy uh, to have around the group, and it's, 
has a good, you know, pedigree, good resume. And, you know, at that point, it was an easy decision to try to get it done. So, and, and the, you mentioned the college players, the draft picks that weren't picked up by the um, by Major League Soccer team. So, it, were, were those people who were on your radar before, and you were saying, okay, you know, if you don't um, if you don't get signed by this MLS team, we'll, we'll, we'll be willing to have you, or did you kind of have to wait until the MLS rosters were, um, were were full before you wound up getting those players and, and having them available? Uh, well. Both situations came to fruition. We had guys that we had under a sort of a pre-contract, if you will. If they didn't get drafted or go into any MLS camps, um, they signed. Uh, and then on the on the opposite side, we had guys on our board um, that we knew were going to get drafted. But again, making an MLS roster out of college is, is terribly difficult um, now in the MLS. And so we tracked them. Uh, throughout their preseason with their respective MLS clubs. And as soon as, um, you know, we found out that they'd been released, um, we'd been in touch with the agents and let them know that uh, should that happen, we'd be certainly interested in speaking with them about signing. And, and you know, two of those um, cases came to fruition. Do, do you think that going forward as there's more and more MLS 2 teams and basically a place for some draft picks to – you know, sign professional contracts maybe with the USL club. It, will that make that type of signing, you think, more difficult for a club like yours that doesn't, you know, isn't in the draft picks? Like, obviously, if Phoenix became an MLS club, then it's not really an issue. But um, but, but do you think that, that that might go away? You know, now we have Revs 2 coming in, obviously, for Lauderdale CF in the league as well. You're going to have more and more draft picks probably playing on those two teams at least for a season or two. Yeah, I think so. But I think it's it's almost case by case with, you know, how these MLS teams are structured and how they're set up. Um, you know, some, I, I'd say some MLS, you know, draft picks that get dropped down potentially are offered, you know, two contracts um, might not want to be in that environment where it's a mix of, of MLS draft picks that are signed with their two team and academy players, you know, younger players that they foresee as, as potential future pros. Um, you know, Toronto too has done an exceptional job um, of building rosters like that. Um, and it's up, you know, some players might want a standalone team um, and, and get lots of minutes and, and maybe be in an older team, you know, where the average age is 23, 24, 25, you know, rather than, you know, playing with, with younger academy kids. So, sure. you know, I still, I still think there's a means to get those players um, in into markets like FC Tucson or Greenville, you know, Madison, although they have a relationship now with, with Chicago, I believe they just signed a deal, um, but Georgia Tormenta. Um, so we'll, it'll, we'll see what happens, you know, but I think the USL one is a tremendous landing spot for a lot of these young college players that get drafted and, and maybe don't quite make it. And, and the championship is getting better and better every year. And, and it's harder to make those rosters too. And I think again, coming out of college, maybe on a three-month, you know, schedule, the USL1 is a good landing spot for a lot of these kids to prove themselves that they can be pros and, and endure the, the grind of a eight-, nine-month season because it's you, a challenge. Do you think that seeing players like um, Connor Antley or um, – uh, Nick Moore. You know, so, some, other, some other players moving up from League One into the championship, um, do, do you think uh, that's helpful in, in terms of recruiting those types of players as well? 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, this is this is truly, I think, a pathway to the next level as well. Um, you know, last year we had uh, Andrew Wheeler. Um, he's now at Sacramento. We had Kyle Bjornsson, who signed full-time with Phoenix. We had Austin Ledbetter, who signed full-time with Phoenix. Uh, Nick Moon from Lansing went to uh, Indy 11. Obviously, Connor Antley had a fantastic season with, with Tormenta um, and moved up. Um, I think it's it's certainly a pathway for these young players. Um, but I will say this, that you know the players that, that are at this level at, at USL 1, um, they got to keep their eye on, on – the day-to-day and not think about getting out of this league. You know, uh, if it comes, it comes. But if they can produce in this league and pr- prove that they can be good young professionals, um, I think those opportunities will come. Um, but I think they also have to be very careful of going in with the mindset that this is just a stepping stone league, you know, because this league is growing as well. Um, the talent pool, the talent level is growing every year. Uh, you look at some of the coaches in this league, some of my colleagues and competitors, I mean, unbelievable uh, pedigree in the game as former players and coaches from obviously Darren Sawatsky, uh, John Harts, I mean, Jason Mims. These are wonderful coaches and good brains in the game, and, and they have a lot to offer, and I think this is a tremendous league. So uh, last question, where, uh, what trip are you most uh, looking forward to taking this year? Uh I say Miami, I'm going to get in trouble. So, <laughs> well, well, you mean <laughs> Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> yeah, well, Miami's not too far away. No, I would love. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because uh, obviously I was at the Real Salt Lake Academy for a couple years, and when Jason Christ was the head coach at Salt Lake, I'm excited to see what they're doing down there. I mean, to be honest, Ira, I'm excited for all of them. I mean, it's a great league. Um, these are places around the country that I, I, you know, wouldn't choose to go to perhaps on a vacation like you know greenville and, and uh, south georgia and tormenta but they're they're great setups and they're they're proving that these are great little football communities and um these away trips are, are fantastic um you know I, I can't wait to go to boston and see what that setup is like um i've got family out there so it'd be nice to see some of them um you know omaha with what jason mims is doing there uh, in that community i mean i'm just excited to uh to get this thing rolling and and check out these new places and you know obviously i'd say richmond too because i get to compete against darren um and he and i go back several years you know when he was with the sounders 23s and i was at lane he was with the sounders academy when i was at salt lake um you know we've coached together and now we're, we're coaching against each other again so uh, i'm excited for that one too do, do, do you think the fact that you might know some of his tricks will help you when you uh, face richmond for the first time or two this season we're going to spend a whole week on defending set pieces and throw-ins and getting ready and making sure we're fit because it's high-octane football for sure. There you so, go. And he, he, always, he always told me, you know, I was the romantic one and he was the, the heavy metal soccer guy. And, um, you know, it's always been a chess match when we've played each other. It's been a lot of fun. So that's we'll fair. See how it goes. Fair enough. Coach, thanks very much. Good luck this season.